Good day and welcome to the initial podcast for Eve Destiny. My name is Andrea Baker and I will serve as your host. Today, we have the soft-spoken, ambitious, focused, intelligent, youthful, and anointed Sophia McNeese Ruffin. Now, before we go into this podcast, let's give a little backstory of this founder that we have today. I'd like to begin to read out of Romans 3 through 5, which is one of the founder's favorite affirmations. And for it, it serves a template to the understanding the values of life challenges. See, Sophia McNeese Ruffin is a medical doctor. She's a founder and CEO. She has worn several hats and carried several titles in the community as well as in her career. She's a physician. She's a chief resident presidents of different committees, a preacher's kid, PKs as we know them, a lieutenant in the United States Navy, program director, Mr. Minister, a top-of-the-class stylist, counselor, mentor, wife, ex-wife, mom, bonus, bonus mom, daughter, sister, TT as we know as auntie. Well-earned, Sophia understands that many of her accomplishments, joys, and accolades did not come without lessons of hardship and sacrifice. Endurance through some life's challenges, Eve's divorce, single parenthood, career changes, and setbacks, strained parent-child relationships, sexual exploitations, unhealthy relationship, misguidance, slander, low self-esteem, provided for the strength to overcome shame, and voices of opposition. Revelation of the purpose of all of life's experiences have uniquely positioned Sophia's heart and spirit in a place to birth Eve's destiny. And with further ado, I would like to introduce to you all Dr. Sophia Ruffin. Greetings. I am so excited to be here. And I first want to say thank you, Andrea, for agreeing to be the voice for Eve's Destiny podcast. Um, This has been a vision and a dream of mine for a while now. And I'm glad that you have agreed and graciously agreed to be part of this part of my journey. Now, Dr. Ruffin, with so many hats that you wear, um, I'm glad you made the time to sit with me and our listeners. And the question that's probably burning everyone's ears is, what is Eve's destiny? So, yes, thank you. Uh, Eve's destiny is um, a vision that was placed on my heart many years ago. Um In my quiet time and during the time that I was at a crossroads, um, the name Eve's Destiny continued to speak to me um, as I would write in my journal. Um, You know, in my study and just in my readings and um, thinking about the different situations and circumstances that I had come to at that point in life, you know, I identified with biblical Eve and um, 
you know, Eve is the representative of the first woman um, created and created and shaped in God's own image, but created by his hands and created as a helpmate and as someone to help to help mankind to uh, take shape and be molded and influence and um I felt like um, as women, we are of that purpose. We are the helpers. We are the influencers. We are the motivators. We are the caretakers. And so uh, we are Eve. We are her destiny. We are the representative of her as time goes on. And so... Eve's destiny is just simply stated, we are her destiny as women. Eve's destiny also took on another meaning for me. And in that meaning, Eve being that it is the um, time period before an event, Christmas Eve, the Eve of our weddings, the Eve of graduations, um, the Eve of a birth, um, it represents a time period. And I thought about different circumstances and different um, trials, tribulations, good times, bad times um, that we have experienced before we actualize different purposes in our life, before we get that job, before we have that baby, before we uh, find our mate, uh, in transitions in life, you know, where there are tragic transitions, there's also an Eve leading up to that point. For me, you know, when I thought about Eve's destiny, I thought about those things and circumstances that help shape and make the woman, the women that we are. And therefore, Eve's being the purpose and the time and those circumstances before the destiny of those Eves create our purpose, create our uh, realization of what all took place, a culmination of what all took place. And so um, Eve's destiny is simply... Um, our purpose, our fruition of things to come. And so that is what Eve's destiny is. Wow, that is amazing. Now that we have a better sense of what Eve's destiny is, as well as the goal, the question is, at what point did you realize that it was time that this platform was needed? I mean, were you walking in a park? Um, were you reading a book? What was the light that popped off in your head that made you realize with all the hats that you wear that this is something that's needed now and is needed now more than ever before? So again, Andrea, I think that um, there was a time in my life that um, I was at very much a crossroads and I came to Eve's destiny in my meditation 
But I want to say that I probably didn't get very, very clear direction on where this uh, platform or this project, this vision, this ministry should go um, until very recently. So I would say in the last year or two, and I I like to brag on my group of friends and my circle of friends, and um, I think they're queens. I think, you know, they're powerful women. They're influential women. They are affluent women. They have done so many things and are so creative in so many different ways. Um, But on the flip side, I found that many of them, with all of their... uh, outside um, appearance and with all the titles and all the praise, they still didn't feel fulfilled. They still didn't feel like they had achieved what they really wanted in life. Um, They still didn't feel complete and whole. And so Eve's Destiny still just continue to speak to my spirit. And, you know, I felt like we collectively as women need to come together to help others along, to help them realize their uh, goals and their inner aspirations and um, purposes um, to help us as a whole realize our purpose as women, again, to be that helper, to be that um, encourager, uh, to be that influencer. And so I believe that, you know, we first have to take care of ourselves and um, to find a way to create um, a place and a purpose for our spirit. Wow. Now, I applaud you. And I simply say that because there's so much that's going on in the world as we deal with issues of pandemic and and, and concerns that's happening abroad. Um, And here you are taking a selfless approach to what is important right now within the community, within your circle, within our nation. And how do you do it? Because this can't be a one-woman show. How do you juggle that passion and still be able to wake up every morning and you know see your patients and do for your loved ones and, and be there for your children, be there for your husband. How do you do that without having that burnout? How do you juggle it? So the truth is, Andrea, I don't juggle it all. I will never, ever, ever say that I did it all by myself. It took a true, true community, and Eve's destiny is no different. I am so, so grateful that I have so many women that have stepped in to support me in my vision and my dream. You know, I want to first say I have five natural sisters, um, and they have graciously agreed to in whatever gift and talent that they have to help promote this vision and this dream. And so I'm eternally grateful for that. I also have my sisters, sisters from another mother. Uh, they have walked with me through many years of my journey, through many years of my life. 
And again, as I said before, my circle is small, but it is very mighty and very diverse in its gifting. And so I have many um, women who have helped to develop this project and stand in the ready to help to project this project and propel it forward. I don't want to leave out you know, the man in my life either, who, um, my husband, my dad, my son, um, and other men who have also helped to just support me in this vision. So the truth is I juggle everything that I do with much help. Wow. Thank you. So knowing what you know now, because, you know, we all have had a couple bumps along the road in, in, in this thing called life. Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently if you would do anything differently with your life? So, Andrea, truth is, you know, I know that many people do the cliche. I would not change a thing. And, you know, everything strengthened me and made me stronger. And I absolutely, absolutely believe that. But I also am a woman of faith and a woman who believes that we were all created for a purpose and we were all created um, by special design. And I do believe that um, because we also have free will, we can delay those purposes. And so, you know, while I don't know what I would have changed. I think that um, it's kind of like an assignment that you're given at school. Until we um, finish that assignment, until we have completed it with the passing grade, we're going to continue to have to go through circumstances and experiences. And, you know, if I would have, if I would say anything I would change. I would say that I would take heed and learn the lesson early um, and learn um, and ace the assignment the first time. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So now I'm going to take a, a little step away from our questions and kind of go a little lighthearted um, okay. because some eats can be very painful, you know, those, those experiences of our lives. But if you were to take one of those E's that you experienced in your life and you had to describe it by a movie or a song, what would it be and why? Andrea, I did not make up an original title. I don't think I can make up an original title right now. But if I was to pick out a song that really kind of depicted my life or lifted me up at times. Um, I would say India Ari, Private Party. Um, I love India. I love so many artists. I'm very eclectic in my movie, uh, my music um, repertoire, but um, India is one of my favorites, and I love the lyrics to her song um, because I think that a lot of times we do have to encourage ourselves, and uh, when nobody else is there with us, um, we can just reflect on what we've already accomplished, and I know, you know, the chorus to her song is, I'm having a private party. 
There's nobody here but me, my angels, and my guitar. Singing, baby, look how far we've come. And I think that, you know, I think that if we all look back, you know, we may not be exactly where we want to be, but we've come. We've gotten to this point. No matter what it is, you've gotten through something. And so um, I love that song for that. Okay. All right. And that is a beautiful song, may I add. Now, what would you tell your younger self during your Eve journey? The younger version of you, if you were the, the 18-year-old, 15-year-old, wherever that, you know, we all kind of have that, that, that period in our lives where, you know, we really trying to find ourselves, whether in high school, being accepted by our peers or, um, just the, 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 the challenge of the growing pains and then being faced with some of the challenges of just life itself. Um, what would you say to that younger version of you to help you through? So, um, I think I would tell my younger self to just trust the process. Um, yeah, I think that through all the circumstances um, of life, there is a reason. There's a reason why you have to go through a certain um, issue, a certain job, a certain heartbreak, a certain tragedy, a certain illness. it may not just be for you. It may be for a testimony for someone else. But I do think that there is a purpose. And a, um, if I'm thinking back on a small story, um, trying to keep this conversation very light. But when I was a preteen teenager, you know, at that time, everybody was getting a relaxer in their hair. And I wanted to get a relaxer so bad. And I begged my mom to let me have a relaxer. Again, I said earlier, I have five sisters and three of them grew up in the household with me. And so um, my mom said, I'm not going to be doing nobody's hair. I'm not going to be doing relaxed hair. So you got to learn how to do your own hair before you're able to get a relaxer. So she made me go a whole year, you know, going to get my hair pressed, getting my little scalp burnt, my ears Still, I still have uh, PTSD from getting my hair pressed now, um, but going to get my hair pressed and having to style my own hair. So I learned to do that. Um, by the way, none of my sisters had to go through it. And by the way, none of them can do their hair. But I learned to, uh, <laughs> I learned a skill as a child and eventually I did get my relaxer. Um I have gone back to my roots now. I'm all natural, but eventually I wore, you know, my relaxer for years and I loved it and um but the point being uh I look back on that time. I know that that was just a small snippet of, you know, something that I had to go through as a child, but I look back on that time because because I knew how to do hair. In college, I was able to build relationship with other females. I was able to, well, females and males, I was able to barter services. So, you know, as a a uh, 
poor college student. Everybody had to be resourceful. You're eating ramen noodles. You're still trying to find a, a, a little change to go to a party or go skating at that time and do other things. Well, I was able to barter some services. You know, if I do your hair, you pay for me to get into the party or, you know, you could, um, if I do your hair, you can cook a meal for me. If I do your hair, you can do mine. And so that was um, a time where um, it was just a fun time. And then I also think about, you know, a time when, I was a young, young mom, a young wife, um, and not really wanting to be out um, and working. At the time when I was pregnant with my first child, I had gone out and was working at a daycare. Well, once I had her, I realized that the daycare wanted me to um, continue to, um, you know, watch the children, which I love to do, but also I was going to have to pay $200 and $300 a week to keep my child there. And I said, oh no, you know, I wasn't going to do that. And so I had another skill and I was able to hone that skill even more. I went to cosmetology classes and I was able to kind of have a little bit of my own autonomy and my own schedule. Once I graduated from cosmetology, I was able to um, have my own schedule and make my own way and still be able to be a mom that was there with my kids. And I go back to that little point and that little time of my mom. And I know that she didn't know that, you know, that all of that would come from just her telling me I had to do my hair. But there's always a purpose for the plan and the vision. And um, there's always a purpose for the um, circumstance and the test and the assignments. And so I'm grateful for that. Wow. And that right just shows that at a very young age, you know, you was able to kind of take that and say, okay, I'm, let, let me see how I can really make this work for my advantage. I remember growing up and, you know, especially during Easter, you know, you get your hair pressed and I don't think there's not one little girl um, in the South that didn't have their ear burned with blue crown grease. Um, but we didn't care because it was cute because we had our pressing curl. Um, so definitely... <laughs> brings back memories and, and, and moments of nostalgia. So do you feel by chance that, you know, the Eve experiences that you encountered truly develop and made you the woman today? And if so, why? That's a no-brainer, absolutely. I could not be in the positions or hold any of the titles that I have. Hold the title of mom, hold the title of sister, hold the title of daughter, hold the title of physician, hold the title of mentor, you know, hold the title of minister. I could never, ever be able to do any of that um, without the challenges and circumstances. So you mentioned your marriage mm -hmm. and I, I read briefly um, your bio um, and this might be helpful for a lot of women that are looking at 
you know, love again or looking at that either that first marriage or that second marriage or third. Um, but yet having been a little apprehensive about getting into that partnership because of those past hurts or those past eves. So my thing is, how can you um, give them a word of encouragement being the woman who you are with the journey that you have, you know, experience on marriage with hurt or marriage after hurt and not bringing that into it? So first of all, let me say that um, my first marriage, I got married pretty young. We were um, in our early 20s and we had a little one on the way, although we were engaged before we got pregnant. We had a little one on the way and um, I think at that time, if I'm being honest and looking back, we got married because of expectations. And we didn't really get married because of compatibility or because God showed us that we should be together. And so I think that that was one of our biggest downfalls. Um, let me say that, you know, out of my first marriage, I have the best gifts in the world. I have two children. They're 22, they're 21 and 23 right now. And um, at that time, I had married one of my best friends. We just weren't meant to be together. And so um, without going into all the details of that, um. I think that, again, I would sum it up as, you know, we we rushed into something because everyone expected us to, and the appearances of the marriage would look better for the families and not because we were compatible, because at that time we were going in different directions in life. So I say, what's about... Uh, after heartbreak encouragement, after heartbreak, I think that I uh, took many years trying to find myself and and it has not been without any relationships along the way. And, and some of them being even very difficult relationships, but I did take time to just know myself and know what I wanted and know what I could tolerate um, in a relationship, knowing what I needed in a relationship. I think that that is always important. Um, really quick story, I had been engaged another time and uh, I think during marriage counseling, we realized that we wasn't supposed to get married. So I'm gonna always put a quick plug for marriage counseling. Uh, <laughs> And because I had been through the experience previously where I had gotten married out of expectation and we had spent all this money and we were doing all of this, I think that it was it made it easier for me to walk away from that situation because I did not want to be in a failed marriage or rush into a failed marriage. But 
I think that um, going into this new marriage, now let me say that I'm a newlywed. So my husband and I were married in 2019. So by no means will I say that I'm an expert on marriage. But that being said, I think that what I would say would be my word of encouragement would be to really hone in, ladies, on what it is that you want, what it is that you need, and also listen to God. You know, I will say first and foremost, you know, God told me the minute I almost the minute I met my husband that he was my husband. Now, we didn't even speak to each other till um, almost a year later. Um, And we didn't speak to each other. I didn't really even tell him that God had told me until we were, you know, on that uh, trajectory to being married. But, you know, so I want to say to listen to that voice. Um, that spirit that that guides you to your mate. But secondarily, I want you to also listen to um, what it is that you need. I listen to so many of us be a little bit disgruntled over um, the men that would seem to be on par with um, our accomplishments in life or the appearance of the successful man um, and that they will go for the other woman or, you know, or leave. And I say this because, again, I have a group of very powerful women, very affluent women, very um, cultured women, very um, accomplished women. And many times they find it very difficult to what they would believe find someone who is as accomplished as them or has as many quote-unquote credentials as them. And I found myself in a conversation with some ladies not too long ago. And I guess I was kind of expressing my opinion that I did not necessarily think that the men were just not attracted to them because of their race or because of their affluence or because of their credentials, what I what I thought most about, you know, is that these men were um, looking for something different. They were looking for someone who was a compliment to them for their life. So if they were out, you know, working 18 hours a day or their schedule was so hectic, they looked for that peace at home. They looked for someone who was going to be there when they got there. They looked for someone who they didn't have to worry about their household being taken care of or their kids being, you know, taken care of. And not that, you know, the woman, their mate couldn't work or anything like that, but just that they didn't have as much of a hectic lifestyle as they did. And they knew that their other, the other things that were important to them in life were being taken care of while they were doing what they needed to do. And, and I think that if we're being honest with ourselves, ladies, um, as, as accomplished as we are, 
I think we would want almost kind of the same things. Um, we have other goals and we have other things in life that we want to fulfill. You know, we want to fulfill healthy families, healthy household, a peaceful household when we come home. And so I think there's so much, so many times we look at appearances, of uh, how other people would look at the pairing of a relationship and not so much at what it is that I want and I need. Do I want somebody who, when I get home, is also tired and can't function or is not even at home because their schedule is as hectic as I, or do I want somebody when I come home that I'm able to have conversations with, I'm able to sit down and have dinner with, I'm able to um, cuddle up with because... um, they're available and they're there. Uh, and so I just want to say that, you know, I think some people uh, look at my relationship so much as um, that maybe we're a bit unequally balanced. I would not say at all we're unequally balanced. Um but they're looking at uh, the affluence of the relationship or material things instead of the substance. And, you know, ladies, I think that if you wait and if you're patient and if you truly are open to the things that you want and you're truly open to the things that God has for you, he is there. He will come. And you will be the better for it. And that's what I'll say for that. Okay. So with that being said, do you feel or, well, I can't even say what you feel in, for your relationship um, with this ongoing pandemic. Um, this pandemic has, has truly shown how strong a relationship can be. A lot of divorces, a lot of breakups. And then you have the other side, a lot of the flip side where people will find themselves joining together as one. Do you feel the pandemic has made you and your husband closer? So answering the question about the pandemic, do I feel like the pandemic has made me and my husband's relationship closer? Well, if I'm being... Um, very frank and open. We met in the pandemic, so we know nothing else. Um, I think that we, by nature, enjoy, genuinely enjoy each other's company. We enjoy spending time together. And so the pandemic didn't make us stronger, but it did allow for us to have a lot more time together. And so it's been a fun ride. Um, but I, I, I just want to say that I think the pandemic has been able to show relationships too and not just that you're forced to be together so I will say you know it has brought families together and um, helped families to get to know each other a little bit better but I think that also it has shown um, our creative side how creative we can be in making a connection how creative we can be in um, getting together with each other and encouraging each other and also, it's shown us, you know, sometimes if 
the relationships are worth being created for. I say, you know, for me, the pandemic has taught me, you know, somewhat of who my friends are versus who were just placeholders because they were available and they were there at the time. And so I think that you find out who you feel is worthy of your time and vice versa, um, who has put in effort to make you feel worthy of their time. And so I am in that way grateful to have this time that has put us in a situation that we have to, we have had to slow down and um, kind of reflect on what's most valuable in life. I totally agree. Um, as you mentioned earlier about, you know, friendships, um, you know, how the old saying, you have friends for a season, reason, a lifetime. And I think during this season that we're in, it's time to show those who have the longevity in your life and those that, like you mentioned earlier, as placeholders. Um, I know definitely myself uh, being a single woman um, with the pandemic, you know, you kind of little standoffish about going to places, one. Then you got the, you know, those who are vaccinated from those who are not vaccinated. But one thing for certain is um, it took time for me especially to enjoy my singleness. And um, what really helped me, and I and I I I never heard of the guy, you know, I thought was, you know, like a rapper, but um Pastor Mike Jr. Okay. And he has a he has a single ministry album out. And when I say that that album is amazing. It touches on all of the things that we desire. It's not that, um, like you mentioned about how people may view you and your husband, like, wait a minute, she could have dated up or married up or whatever the case may be. You chose the right make and model. Well, God brought to you the right make and model, man, that you needed. And what people need to realize is that it's not all about the dollar signs because at the end of the day, all money isn't good money. It's all about what do you have in, 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 in tune with each other? What do you have connected with each other? Because it's easy to say, like you mentioned earlier, you, you know, you barely seeing him, he's barely seeing you. Um, and then on top of that, yes, the bank account is sitting lovely, but what do you have that's, that, that's sort of that connection that you hold with that partner? So definitely, um, you know, when you when you say that, it kind of gave me some some confirmation on a couple of things in my own personal life. So thank you, sister, for that. So now my last question I have for you is when and how um, the Eve, wherever that Eve is that 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 you want to expound on was necessary for your destiny. When and how? So that question is somewhat uh, easy, but sometimes difficult for me to even think about it. I think about a time when I was at this crossroads and I was trying to find my way out. And I'll, I'll share a little bit with you. When I was um, going through my first year of medical school, in short, I failed my first year of medical school and was told that I would have to repeat 
the year of medical school. And so as devastated as I was, you know, I had already been told by the spirit that it was time for me and what my purpose was career-wise to become a physician. And so I knew that I needed to go on, but it wasn't without depression and heartache during that time. And I have to say that during that time, many people did not know because I had a covering that during that depression, I wasn't able to get out of bed. I wasn't able to uh, function outside of studying in school many times. And I was a single mom and uh, I had to accomplish this goal and I did accomplish the goal because I stand here today, but not without help. And so when I say I have people that covered me and made sure I ate every day. Um, they brought me meals because they knew I wouldn't do it for myself. I had people who covered me and took my children and made sure that they were off to school and they uh, fed themselves. Well, they, they were fed and they were entertained and they still had enriched lives because they knew that it took all within me to go to school, do my class, and that I couldn't even get out of bed when I got home. Um, I had people to essentially make me appear that my crown was straight at all times, even when it wasn't. And they did it without without getting credit for it or asking for anything in return. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. And so I stand here knowing that I also stand in the gap and I repay what the community did for me by giving it back. Uh, I have no qualms about helping anyone who is going through. I have been there. I have done that. And I don't think the world needs to even know or see it on the outside. But we as women um, need someone or a place, a safe place to just express ourselves and be uplifted and have our crowns straightened without any judgment, without any influence, without any um, eyes gazing and looking at us. And so that is my ultimate goal is to create that um, safe space. Um, and that is why I think it's necessary, again, you know, going back to the women that I spoke of earlier and just my small circle. And I know that um, there are many of us hurting and dying on the inside. And we can't continue to do this um, alone. And we're not alone. I just seek to provide a place of encouragement, a safe space. Um, 
what a place where when you come to that place where you're not ashamed and you realize your purpose and you realize that those circumstances and goals will be actualized and those trials and tribulations were for the purpose of the ultimate goal. I also want to create a space that women can just share um, because that is what helps others to come along. And so that is what I seek to do. Wow. Well, Dr. McNeese Ruffin, your crown is straight, may I say. Okay. Now, our, now the question now, do you have any last parting words? And along with that, you know, the listeners are probably going to want to hear more about you and more about Eve Destiny. And, and I'm going to need you to kind of share the information as far as the website or so, social platforms that they can get more information on um, so that um, you can keep the momentum going and that, you know, see how the, you know, this falling would, will turn out. So any parting words and information of how we can get more information about Eve Destiny? Um, I just want to again, thank you, Andrea, for again, graciously serving as our host for Eve's Destiny. I'm so excited about what is ahead. I look forward to the manifestation of all that Eve's destiny is and all that Eve's destiny will be. Um, so, you know, I am also so excited that this is our first airing of the podcast. We made it through. Um, it is airing on my birthday, March 20th, which also happens to be the first day of spring. And so that always gets me excited. It's a new season. It's a new day. And, you know, we are birthing new things. And I'm so excited to walk this journey with all women. And I hope that you will be excited too. I want to just let you know that you can find a little bit more, find out a little bit more about Eve's Destiny on our website, evesdestinyinc.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Eve's Destiny. You can find us on Twitter at Eve's Destiny Inc. You can find us on Facebook, Eve's Destiny. Um, and also on Spotify at Eve's Destiny. And so I look forward to what's ahead. And I thank you so much for listening. You're so kind. It's truly my pleasure. So everyone, again, this was the very first podcast of Eve's Destiny. And we were blessed with some words of encouragement in her story, Dr. Sophia McNeese Ruffin. Again, ladies, remember, keep your crown straight. And if you see one whose crown is slightly turned to the side, just walk up to them and help the sister out. Again, thank you so much. And we look forward to you all listening to us again. Thank you again. And God bless. Bless again. Thank you again. And God bless. <laughs>